We end tonight with one of the most potent powers on earth. It can change lives in an instant. Everyone has it. It's the power to forgive. Watch it now in action in Steve Hartman's Assignment America. Thank you, Lord. In a small apartment building in North Minneapolis, a 59-year-old teacher's aide sings praise to God for no seemingly apparent reason. Indeed, if anyone was to have issues with the Lord, it would be Mary Johnson. For all you've done for me. He never had a chance. In February 1993, Mary's son, Loramian Bird, was shot to death during an argument at a party. He was 20, and Mary's only child. My son was gone. The killer was a 16-year-old kid named O'Shea Israel. I wanted justice. He was an animal. He deserved to be caged. And he was. Tried as an adult and sentenced to 25 and a half years, O'Shea served 17 before being recently released. He now lives back in the old neighborhood, close to Mary. This close. He lives next door. Next door. How a convicted murderer ended up living a door jam away from his victim's mother is a story not of horrible misfortune, as you might expect, but of remarkable mercy. A few years ago, Mary asked if she could meet O'Shea here at Minnesota's Stillwater State Prison. As a devout Christian, she felt compelled to see if there was some way, if somehow she could forgive her son's killer. What'd she say to you? I believe the first thing she said was, look, you don't know me, I don't know you, let's just start with right now. And I was befuddled myself. O'Shea says they met regularly after that. When he got out, she introduced him to her landlord, who, with Mary's blessing, invited O'Shea to move into the building. Today, they don't just live close, they are close. Clearly, Mary was able to forgive. Unforgiveness is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. It's not about that other person. Me forgiving him does not diminish what he's done. Yes, he murdered my son, but the forgiveness is for me. It's for me. For O'Shea, it hasn't been that easy. I haven't totally forgiven myself yet. I'm learning how to forgive myself, and I'm still growing towards, you know, trying to forgive myself and what it is I've done. To that end, O'Shea is now busy proving himself to himself. He works at a recycling plant by day and goes to college by night. He says he's determined to pay back Mary's clemency by contributing to society. In fact, he's already working on it, singing the praises of God and forgiveness at prisons, churches, to large audiences everywhere. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. Yes, I'm grateful. Which explains why Mary can sing her praise of thanks to her audience so of one. Steve Hartman, yes, CBS News, Minneapolis. For all you've done for me. Why do we forgive? Mary has a story, a pretty remarkable story about forgiveness. I don't know what your reaction was when you began to hear that her son was murdered and how she had anger. She wanted justice served. She wanted him caged. 
And yet, years later, she requests to visit him in prison. Pretty phenomenal. And sometimes when you hear that she wanted to visit him, did you think that she wanted to go and give him a piece of her mind? That she was still dealing with the loss of her son who was so brutally murdered. And yet Mary teaches us that unforgiveness, as she says, is like cancer that eats us from the inside out. And each one of us can tell our story because each one of us every day of our lives deal with some measure of hurt, of pain. Our stories may involve rejection. Maybe we've been betrayed. Maybe we've been lied to. Maybe we've been lied about. Whatever that hurt is, we all understand the need for forgiveness. And so when we look at why do we forgive, let's go to scripture and see what God teaches us about that. And as we look at the passage, Mark eleven twenty five and 26, page 824 in your pew Bible or on the screen, we see that it states that whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Hmm. Well, I could stop the sermon there and say, that's why we forgive. So that our Father in heaven will also forgive us of our sins. But have you ever found forgiving people difficult? Is anybody in that boat with me? Okay, just check it. Just check it. Because uh, I would end the sermon right there if that was the case. Um, but we know that God commands us to forgive. But we also know how difficult it can be at times. And I think one of the important things that we first have to understand is what really is forgiveness? Because sometimes we get confused about what forgiveness is or is not. So forgiveness is about releasing the offender through the compassion of Christ. It's a willful decision that touches our hearts. Sometimes you'll hear people say, you just need to forgive that person. You just got to decide to forgive that person. Yes, I say. <laughs> but once again, that's hard. And if it only stops right there to say, okay, I'm going to forgive that person. And it never touches your heart. I think we're missing out on the true gift of freedom that comes with forgiving someone who has harmed us. 
Now, forgiveness is not something that suddenly rights the wrong. You know, as Mary said, and that it didn't diminish what the killer had done to her son. It didn't change that that was a brutal act. But what forgiveness does is that it writes our relationship with Christ. Forgiveness does not wait for the I'm sorry's. Have you ever thought, I will forgive that person when they come to me and say, I'm sorry, please forgive me. Anybody waiting for that? Because you might be waiting a long time. And it might never come, is the reality of the situation. Or maybe you're just waiting for that person's behavior to change, and then you'll forgive them. If only they would start acting right. Have you ever said that? If only they'd start doing this, then I would forgive them. Once again, we may be waiting a long time for that to happen. Now, forgiveness is not a matter of excusing the behavior. It's not about just saying, well, okay, I guess I'll just forgive them, and I guess it wasn't that bad, or I guess it wasn't this. No, if you are harmed, if you are hurt in some way, that's real. And you've got to allow yourself to experience that. You don't just suddenly start making excuses for that, because that's not forgiveness. It's not about ignoring what was done, but it's about truly experiencing that pain, but also reaching a place to say, I am going to release the person who has done me wrong. Forgiveness doesn't wait for understanding. Sometimes we say, I know I've said this, if I could just understand why they did what they did. Like that would suddenly make that feel better? I'm not sure that it does. You know, and if you want the simple reason why people do what they do, I'm going to give it to you. We're all screwed up and we're all sinners. Okay? Got it? Because that's what, <laughs> why we do the things we do. Somebody told me in first service, they're like, we're so glad somebody up front said we're screwed up. So, <laughs> just... Try to speak truth. Um, now, forgiveness is also does not necessarily lead to reconciliation. What we saw in the video today with Mary is that she not only experienced an extended forgiveness, but she also has experienced a reconciliation. And reconciliation takes two people. It does take the other person coming to you and repenting and working through that hurt and pain together. But forgiveness is not dependent upon reconciliation. Sometimes, you know, as the counselor, I often hear, well, then I'll have to go back in relationship with that person. No, you don't. No, you don't. If someone has abused you or you would be putting yourself in danger, 
I don't think God calls you to go back and be in relationship to be abused some more. I don't think that that's what God calls us to do. But God does call us to forgive that person. Now, we also know that sometimes forgiveness is that step in reconciliation. You know, if we can look at Mary and go, wow, that was true reconciliation. So we never want to miss what God has for us, what the blessing might be if we take that first step in forgiveness. So as we think about why is this so hard? Why is this forgiveness difficult? Part of it, I think, is our attitude toward forgiveness. Because we really can kind of get ourselves worked up, can't we? Have you ever said, I'm not going to forgive that person? I can't believe that person would do such a thing. What is wrong with them? I mean, we all could probably come up and share things that we've said. You know, as Chappie said, he knows somebody that said, I'm, I can't forgive anybody. Wow. That breaks my heart. Because I think one of the first steps in our attitude toward forgiveness is humility. That's not a fun word, is it? But truly being able to humble ourselves enough to set our pride aside and to really kind of focus in on the fact that um, we all are sinners too. And that we, that, that we don't really deserve forgiveness either, but Christ deemed us worthy of his forgiveness. And so I think sometimes we have to take that step back and remove ourselves from the situation that we're in as to why we're so angry or hateful or wanting to seek revenge and really focus in on, first and foremost, why, we're, why, why Jesus died on the cross for each one of us. Because sometimes when we can get that perspective, we might have a little easier time in forgiving others. I think the other part of the attitude of forgiveness is compassion. As we watched Mary, you know, there she was singing praises to God. You watched them as you watched her interact with her son's killer. There was compassion. And again, as we focus in on that forgiveness is not only a decision, but it's something that is heartfelt the only place that we can really seek compassion is from God because he is our compassionate God. He teaches us how to be compassionate. In Ephesians, it says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. So it's so often throughout the various scripture references we get those reminders 
just as Christ forgave us, that he will forgive us as we forgive those who have harmed us. And so really to ask God to begin to fill your hearts with that compassion. Because I don't know on our own we can muster that up. We can try. But I don't know that without the compassion of Christ that we really can, can truly allow that, that forgiveness to be heartfelt as I think God wants us to, for it to be. And I think finally to really focus in on the surrender. You know, to get our hearts in that place where there is humility, where there is compassion. And then truly releasing, truly surrendering the revenge. Is it fair to say that we sometimes have mean thoughts about the person that we have unforgiveness toward? Or you think mean things. Maybe you yourself want to do it, but if you think, oh, if that happened to that person, that would be all right. I wouldn't be too sad about that. Okay, Was that fair to say? Okay, I'm hearing some some little, "Mm, can't believe Schneider's up there talking about that. She'd been watching me this week. No, I just look in the mirror myself. So truly being able to say, I surrender. I'm going to release the offender to Christ. That justice is not something we serve. I don't remember, I can't find any scripture that says that we are the ones to judge and to be the ones to decide what someone's sentence is. That's God's job. So let God take care of all of that. But again, he commands us to forgive. So I challenge you today to really focus in on where do I need to forgive? When I run into that person, when I hear that person's name, I get all worked up inside. That might be a good place to begin because that probably may mean that there is some unforgiveness toward that person. Because sometimes you go along and you think, I've forgiven them. And then lo and behold, you run into them and you just like feel like this tsunami has just smacked you down. Because the anger and the hurt and the revenge and the evil thoughts just like pop into your brain. It's a journey. It's a journey. And so when those thoughts come, I encourage you to say, okay, God, obviously the work isn't done here quite yet. And to continue to seek him. Continue to search your own hearts and ask, do I have pride in this area? Have I forgotten what Jesus did for me? 
God, fill my heart with compassion so that I too can extend forgiveness. But we've got to make that decision to surrender. Which means when we surrender, we have to let go of we want revenge. So as you ponder on those things, search your hearts. Ask God to reveal to you today those places of unforgiveness. Because I think we all have them. I think we all have them. And ask him to fill you with his spirit. Because God doesn't command us to do something in his word without empowering us to be able to do it. It's not something we just got to go out and keep trying and keep trying and keep trying. That if we really call upon him, we have his spirit living in us. And he will empower us to be able to forgive just like God forgave us.